Good morning. Can you hear me? No? Can you hear me now? No? Okay, how about now? Better? Okay, good morning, everybody. It's such a beautiful day. Um, so today, if you didn't notice, I brought someone with me. It's my nephew, Elijah's here. Um, yeah, family came to visit, and so I get to bring some a family member with me. So it's a, it's a beautiful day for uh, me. So welcome to New Life Community Church. We are a multi-ethnic community-based church that believes Jesus turns our mud into miracles. We believe that we cannot and are not meant to do this life alone, so we invite you to consider joining one of our life groups that meet during the week. Um, I want to invite Sergio to share about the life group that he leads. So let's give an applause for Sergio. All right, good morning. You guys hear me? All right, um, so th I know that they asked me to share a little bit about, about uh, the life group that, that I have on Mondays, but I feel kind of weird just sharing about mine, so because maybe mine's not for you, you know what I mean? And, and, and maybe the life group that you're in is not for you, and maybe mine could be for you. So, you know, everybody has different needs, right? And so um, we have one on Monday, which is the one that I do from 7 to 8. Uh, so we usually go sometimes from like 7 to 8.30 or so. Then we have a men's group on, um, on Tuesday, and that and that's at Felipe's house, and that also it like focuses on stuff like men issues and stuff like that. I'm, I'm assuming you know things that men have struggles with. And then we have the youth group on Wednesdays from 6:30, uh, and that's at, it starts at 6:30, and that's with Mark and Fedna, and that's obviously for the youth, right? And then we have well-watered women, and that's an adult women's group. So you know, women, you're dealing with disgruntled husbands. You guys go there, get some. It's, I was just kidding, man, but you know, it happens. Um, then you have the ladies group on Thursdays from 7 to 8.30. Um, I'm not, who, who runs that one? Huh? Oh, Teresa, that's with Teresa, right? Teresa Manzano, and then um, we have uh, Grupo de Vida en Español with um, uh, Veronica, with Veronica, and then we have uh, the Young Adult Fellowship, and that's with, uh, that's with uh, Pastor Dave and uh, Mariana as well. Okay, so those are the life groups that we do have. Those are the other options that you have, right? But um, I, I asked if I could share a little bit about something that I saw last Thursday. And, I mean, last, last Sunday. And what I saw last Sunday was a full church. And that was cool, right? Because we come in on Sundays, and, and it was Easter Sunday. And, you know, a lot of us were living like it was Friday. You know what I mean? Uh, at times, and it seems like we're back at Friday sometimes, Friday meaning the day that Jesus was crucified. Basically, that's the day the world won, you know, and then on Sunday, that's when Jesus won, right, and he conquers death, and so I, my, what I wanted to bring up was that we just can't live like Sunday on Easter Sunday, you know, we got, we got to hit it every, every day, and this is an everyday walk, and, and so um, it's hard, it's a hard one. I was thinking about that coming here, you know, it's a hard walk. And, and it's not easy, and it's not going to be easy for you. And I saw some new faces last Sunday, and it's good to see you. And I see you here today still, and I saw some old faces that I haven't seen in a while, and that's good too. Um, and, and, and while people were praying and while they were worshiping up here, I wasn't trying to be creepy or nothing, but I had my eyes open, and I was looking around, and I saw that, that there was people that were hurting, right? And I seen people getting prayed for and people um, going out and reaching out, asking for prayer. And so there's obviously something happening in your life. You know what I'm saying, and 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 that's not gonna, that's not gonna get resolved by just Easter. You know what I'm saying. 
It's not going to happen with Easter. It's going to happen with Monday through Sunday. It's a Monday through Sunday thing. And, and in order for you to really kind of get that, I think that that's why it's important to join a life group. Because I saw what life group could do for people. It either, it's either sometimes going to weed you out, meaning that it's really going to let you know that you just ain't in the right place and this ain't for you right now. And you're just not going to come back. Or it's, it's going to do the opposite. And it's really going to show you that, you know what, this is a walk for you. And it's going to show you what God's really about and what, really, what he really wants to do for your life. And so um, that's kind of what I wanted to share about that. Um, but my, my life group, we focus on, on the Bible because the Bible is one of the difficult things to understand. It's, and it, it's, uh, it, it sometimes it discourages people from coming to church and it discourages you from reading the Bible. And so what we do, we focus on, on it's a verse-by-verse verse thing. And when we go up, we're barely in the, we've been at it for, I think, like maybe six, seven weeks probably. And we're still on chapter four of Matthew. You know, and that's because we're going on a verse-by-verse verse verse thing. We're breaking it down. We're seeing how it applies to our lives, how... You know, a message that was given to them like 2,000 years ago still applies today and how we could really use it to, to work for us in our life right now. And so um, that's what uh, this, this, uh, this life group focuses on, um, everything from uh, Jewish history to, to Christian history, the way things have changed and the way we're seeing the world kind of live it out right now and how, it is, how is it that we can live it out, um, but, you know, according to Scripture, according to what the Bible says not. Not what we say to each other, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that, that's what that life group's about. And if you guys are interested, you guys can come tomorrow or you guys go to all the other ones. This is going to be back over there where it says life groups. I just got to pull it off real quick. That's all I have to say. So thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, Sergio. I've actually attended, like, I think two of those. Whoa, sorry. Two of those groups, uh, uh, two of those um, uh, meetings. And they're, they're very, it's it's. We go deep. We go deep in this um, Bible study. So um, I have just two announcements. Uh, so Potluck Sunday is making a comeback next week. Uh, yeah, round of applause. Um, join us after service for a delicious lunch. Uh, we will be passing around clipboards for you to sign up. Um, and then lastly, if you are planning on attending the church retreat in May, um, please stop by the table on the patio after service to make sure that you have made your final payment and completed your liability form and also specified a t-shirt size. So um, that's it. Um, I'd like to pass this um, over to Dave. So. Good to see y'all. All right. Good morning, spiritual family. Uh, I was just thinking, what's one of the worst injuries you've ever gotten? And for me, it was when I was learning to ride a skateboard when I was in elementary school. Okay, this isn't like the worst injury. I think I've like blocked that out of my mind, but it at least is the most memorable. So somehow I got one of a hold of one of these like giant off-brand skateboards that nobody wanted and I was like yes you know, I'm gonna learn so I got on it pushed off with my feet and then I fell on my arm and there was a huge scrape on my arm so I got that cleaned up and decided okay I'm not gonna give up I'm gonna try it again so I was like okay I'm just gonna go on my belly you know on the skateboard any of y'all done that you know I'm just gonna go on my belly I can't fall too far right 
can't fall too far, too bad from that, right? So I got on skateboard with my belly. I pushed off with my hands. And the skateboard hit a crack on the sidewalk with my face sliding across the concrete. And I got this huge gash on my face. And I remember this because I was crying, and then I saw myself in the mirror, and I saw the blood, and I started crying even harder. <laughs> so thankfully, you know, I got, some, got that treated, uh, and it got better, hopefully, you know. So I tell that story because, hey, with physical injuries and pain, we treat it immediately because we know if we don't, it's going to get worse. For example, uh, any of you, like, broke a bone in here before? Okay. Yes, I have too. That's a different story, right? But basically, if you don't get that bone uh, treated right away, it can actually, your bone could actually set permanently in the wrong way, right? So sometimes they have to kind of, like, crack it back into place. So that's just an example of, like, when we get a physical injury, we take care of it right away, right? It's, like, pretty visible. But... What do we do when we're emotionally injured? What do we do when our hearts break? Uh, we're told, you know, at least for me as a guy, we're told, hey, don't cry, just suck it up, you know? And often, when it comes to emotional wounds, we let time pass, and we don't do anything about it really much at all. We just kind of hope it just will go away. But that's not how it works, right? So my question is, why don't we treat emotional pain as soon as we do physical pain? Why is that? I think it's because we don't really know how to heal from emotional pain, uh, much less who you're going to go to, right, for that. What doctor do you go to for that? In the ministry of Jesus, he heals people physically. You see that without question. But if you catch it, he also heals people emotionally. Jesus provides not only physical healing, but inner healing, healing for those heart wounds. So if you have a wound inside uh, this morning, God has a word for you today. Today's passage is when Jesus heals a heart wound of one of his, one of his very best friends, a friend that actually bailed on him. Jesus' friend, Peter. Peter had turned his back on Jesus in Jesus' greatest hour of need, right before Jesus' crucifixion. Right, we talked about the Good Friday. That was like Thursday night. The context of this passage that we're going to read this morning is that Jesus has now already risen from the dead. So it's an after Easter sort of word that's happening here. So Jesus has already shown himself to his disciples. We saw that last week. Just in case some people doubted, he, he said, hey, I'm here. But Peter, where is he? Peter is not sure where he stands with Jesus now. Now, he's seen Jesus, right? He's not dead anymore, so he knows Jesus is risen from the dead. But in his heart, he's like, I don't know how Jesus sees me now because he knows what I did. So... What does Peter do? He feels lost. If any of us have felt lost, Peter feels lost. And he had been walking with Jesus for three years. Peter feels lost. So what does he do? He just goes back to what he knows. 
he goes back to what he's used to, fishing, because he's a fisherman. So he went back to that. And then Peter is up all night, working hard. He doesn't catch anything. And then Jesus shows up. All right, so this is where we pick up. This is John chapter 21, verses 6 through 19. If you are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. This is Jesus speaking. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic because he had stripped down for work, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. The next slide is going to be a couple. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore, there were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast... Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. I tell you the truth, oh, Jesus said to them to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that sin and death is not the end of the story. It is not the end of our story. Thank you that you brought us here this morning. I believe you have a word for us this morning. I pray that you would open up our hearts to it. I pray that you would clear out any gunk in our ears, Lord God, spiritually so that we'd be able to hear you. Lord God, you know the burdens that we come with this morning. You know all about them. You know our worries, our cares. We give them to you. Help us to trust you with them. 
and help us now to be present to you, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, to be able to hear you out this morning. God, help us to be able to respond with faith and to trust you, and help us to walk in what you show us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, you may be seated. Uh, this is a beautiful passage, this whole chapter, uh, but we're just going to focus on just the part that we read uh, from chapter 21, the last uh, chapter in the Gospel of John. So in this passage, how did you notice Jesus was treating Peter, who was hurting inside, and how does that relate to us? We're going to look at a couple things. Number one, we learn that Jesus brings things up. Jesus brings things up, but he does that gently. Jesus brings things up gently. Where do I see this? If you're familiar with the story of the gospel, Jesus meets Peter where he was when Jesus first called him. Where, G uh, where Peter was fishing at this time was the Sea of Galilee. You know that's where Jesus met him the first time. What kind of memories maybe might that bring up for Peter? So how does that relate to us? So you see, Jesus meets us where we're at, even when we've gone back to our old lives and habits. Jesus meets us where we're at. He's not above that. Another thing we see is Jesus encourages Peter with a similar miracle. See him bringing things up gently. When Jesus first calls Peter, it's found in Luke 5, if you ever want to look at it. Peter had been fishing all night, didn't catch anything, but Jesus told him to put his nets out again during the day. Does that sound familiar? And they caught a massive haul of fish. Here in John 21, the same thing happens. And then you see it starts to jog a memory to the point where John the Apostle, who was there at that time too, is a good friend of Peter, he's like, oh my gosh, this is Jesus. And then Peter like, like jumps in, right? That's so Peter, right? You see that um, this begins to jog Peter's memory. And for us, you see, Jesus is the same Jesus that has done the things in your life, he still is that Jesus today. It's important that we're rooted in some positive memories, that we have some positive memories of Jesus. Uh, I know all of us have some sort of story of where Jesus met us, and every story is a little bit different. But remember those. That'll help you with some of the difficult memories. We see in verse 9, how else does Jesus bring things up gently? We read, Jesus has already prepared a meal for Peter and the disciples. Like they caught all this fish and Jesus didn't even need the fish. He already had a meal ready for them. After they've been working hard all night. And how does that relate to us? You see, Jesus does not come to us with judgment. Jesus comes to us with a hot meal we don't deserve. That's how Jesus comes to us. Verse 9, we also read that Jesus has cooked a meal for them on a charcoal fire. 
Okay, that we just read right past that, right? It's easy to miss this detail. But why specify a charcoal fire? Can't you just say, you know, just fire, right? It was just over a fire. Why go into this detail? Uh, and with the Gospels, it doesn't go into super de- It's very rare that it describes, like, such things in detail in this way. So you've got to think, why is that there? Did you know this word that's used there, the Bible's originally written in Greek, it appears only one other time in the Bible. It only appears one other time in the Bible. Can you guess where? Where have you heard or seen a charcoal fire? It actually appears in the same Gospel of John, three chapters earlier in John chapter 18, verse 18. It is where Peter denied knowing Jesus three times. If you look, it says that they were in the courtyard of the high priest warming themselves over a charcoal fire. What's the significance of that? As Peter, who's already feeling bad, okay, there's a hot meal for him, and then he sees that charcoal fire, and it brings back to his memory. I remember the last time I was over here. I was saying, I don't know who this Jesus is, right? I swear to whatever, right? I don't know who this Jesus is because he was scared for his life at that point. Brings that back. <laughs> Jesus. Whoo. How does that relate to us? Jesus will sometimes bring up an image, a reminder of a place of pain. This is not to shame us, but as you will see with Peter, it's a place where Jesus wants to transform that memory. He brings it up for a reason. So in all these ways, we see Jesus gently brings up stuff we need to deal with. Maybe even from the Easter service, or maybe even this week, or even as I share these things, certain memories are kind of coming. How else does Jesus treat us? Two, we see Jesus actually not just brings up those things through circumstances, but he actually speaks into the wound. Where do I see this? In verse 15, we read Jesus' first words. What are Jesus' first words? It's not like, you fool, you messed up. That is not his first words to Peter. What does he say? He says, Simon, son of John. Simon was, you know, his government name. That was, that, Simon was his name. Uh, we know him as Peter because Jesus gave him that nickname, Peter. But his name was Simon. So Jesus, his first words were Simon, son of John. Jesus addresses Peter by his name, his real name. You see, how does that relate to us? You see, Jesus knows us. He knows where we came from. He knows even your family of origin. He knows all those things. And he definitely knows your name. And Jesus calls us by name. Yes, he speaks to us the circumstances and signs. He does that. But if we allow ourselves to listen, we believe here at New Life, he can and he does speak to us directly. Maybe not all in the same way, but he does speak. The first words out of Jesus' mouth is not to blame and rub things in. 
If you're hearing that kind of voice, that is not the voice of Jesus. That is the voice of Satan, who is the accuser. The first words out of Jesus' mouth is to call us by our name. It is based on a deep knowledge of us. Then Jesus continues. He doesn't say just Simon, son of John. What does he do? He asks him a question. Do you love me more than these? He's talking about the other disciples that are around. Because that's what Peter said. Like, hey man, I don't know about these fools, but I'm going to go all in for you. I will lay down my life for you. That's Peter, man, just eating his words. And then Jesus is saying, Simon, do you really love me more than these, like you said? You see, Jesus' first sentence to us in our pain is to ask us a question. <laughs> Often you see Jesus asking questions, not to preach at us. He wants us to be able to speak our hearts. That's why he asked the question. Because then we have an opportunity to say, explain ourselves. Jesus cares about our hearts, not just our behaviors. You see, with that question, he's asking about Peter's heart. So he knows us by name, but he's also not afraid to have us name the hard things. He could take that. And then you see Jesus gives Peter a do-over. I don't know if you caught that. It's significant that Jesus asked Peter if Peter loves Jesus three times. Three times he asked the same question. Why is he doing that? It's purposeful. Peter had deno denied knowing Jesus how many times? Three times. So you're seeing here that Jesus is allowing him three times to say out loud what he wasn't able to say before. He's able to say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you. So praise God that Jesus gives us some do-overs. Amen? Or else none of us would be here, right? Woo! You see, Jesus is not just the God of second chances. He's the God of more than second chances. Because this is not the last time that Peter's going to mess up if you follow the rest of his life in the book of Acts. You see, Jesus walks with him. In all these things, Jesus is not afraid to speak into the wounds because he wants us to heal into wholeness. So what is the last way Jesus treats people, Peter, in this passage? And how does that relate to us? we see that Jesus gives us a renewed direction, a renewed direction. Where do I see this? After Peter answers Jesus' question, like, Jesus, you know I love you, Jesus responds to Peter with an action step. Where do I see this? He tells Peter in verse 15, feed my lambs. And then after Peter says, you know, I love you again, the second time, then he says in verse 16, take care of my sheep. And then in verse 17, when Jesus asked the last time, and, and Peter's like, you know I love you, then, then Jesus says to him, feed my sheep. Okay, what does that all have in common? Right, why is he talking about sheep and stuff, lambs? That was a symbol. Lambs, sheep, those were symbols of us, other believers. So essentially, Jesus is saying, look, Peter, if you really love me, you're going to know my heart. I love the church. I love 
the believers. Take care of them. That's how you show that you love me. It's kind of weird, right? Uh, because what Jesus is doing here is he reminds us that love is not just a feeling. It's an action. Our response and our love for Jesus are not just words. It shouldn't be just words. But it should show up somehow in our lives. Jesus is showing Peter that his healing is connected to the healing of others. Did you, did you catch that? Jesus is healing Peter's emotional wound and then connecting him to others for their healing. That's God's heart. You see, it's not enough that just we're healed by Jesus. Some of us are here because of that. We've experienced the healing of Jesus. But he wants us to be a part of the healing of others. So all of us who have been healed by Jesus, guess what? You're a minister of healing. To be healed by Jesus is to be released to share that healing. That's the way God is. He never just gives us something, so we just keep it and just bury it on the ground. But he wants us to share that. That's the nature of who God is. So if we find ourselves unable to move out in love for others, our inner healing is stunted. It's limited. Sometimes when we're in a bad place, um, actually just reaching out to somebody else, it just, it helps us. It's really strange. Uh, it, it reminds us that we're not alone. It is not just us. Other people might be going through the same thing. And that's actually part of our healing process. God made us that way. So it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good that we seek healing, but God's healing power is never meant to just stay with us. Right? God wants his healing power to spread to others. Verse 18 and 19, you get this weird kind of cryptic sort of message. Jesus gives Peter a prophecy basically about how he's going to die. I'm like, well, I thought this was about inner healing. What's going on, Jesus? Okay, this isn't for Jesus to be morbid like he's obsessed with death or something, right? Or some punishment that, look, okay, now you're going to get this. But it, actually, Jesus is speaking to a transformation specifically that Peter will go through. How do I see this? Why did Peter deny Jesus? Peter denied Jesus on that moment because he was scared of dying. When it came down to it, he talked a big game, but when it came down to it, the authorities came and arrested Jesus. He's like, oh, shoot. Right? And they're like, weren't you with Jesus? He's like, oh, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> right? he, he, he knew what that was going to lead to. That was going to lead to some death. But by the end of Peter's life, this actually happens. Peter would, just like his beloved teacher Jesus, he would be willing to go to death for God's glory. Jesus transforms him. Uh, church legend, indeed, it says that Peter did lay down his life for Jesus and actually asked to be crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified the same way his Savior was. But you see, Jesus worked in Peter, and he was actually able to be true to Jesus. He worked that transformation in him. In all this, we see that Jesus renews and transforms the course of our lives. Hopefully, you've seen from Peter's life that if we have an emotional wound and need inner healing, we can find that healing in the presence of Jesus. And inner healing, it can happen in a moment. 
But more often, inner healing, it's a process. That's why it's so important that we practice the presence of Jesus. It's kind of what Sergio was saying. It's a walk, right? We're going to continue to get injured, and sometimes injuries take a while to heal. So sometimes you've got to be in that process with Jesus. So Peter continued to walk and talk with Jesus well after this. Even after Jesus ascended into heaven, right, there's testimonies in Acts about Peter going on to physically and emotionally heal others with the love of Jesus. But you might be thinking, Dave, that's nice for Peter and all, but Jesus is not here in bodily form, right? Like, I don't see him anywhere around in this room right now. You're right. So how are we supposed to practice the presence of Jesus? Well, first off, though he may not be here currently in bodily form, you know he promised to never leave us or forsake us? How does that work out? This is possible because he's given all believers, everyone who believes, everyone in this room who believes in Jesus, he has given the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the same book of John, in chapter 16, you can check it out. Don't just take my word for it. Jesus tells us, hey, don't be scared, right? I'm going to give you a gift. All believers, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's going to be like a helper to you. That is God's Spirit that lives in us to guide us in all truth. So we might say, okay, Jesus is not like in bodily form. But then he said, I'm going to give you my Spirit. It's going to be inside of you. And that will remind you, the Holy Spirit will remind you what I've said. It will guide you into all truth. So that's super encouraging. And just in case you're like, mm, I'm not sure. 1 Corinthians 12, we learned that the Holy Spirit gives believers spiritual gifts. Some he gives the gifts of, right, um, hospitality. Some he gives like prophetic gifts. But then in that list, he also gives gifts of healing. So how, how, what does this look like? One of the things that I've struggled with, uh, with a large part of my life, is feeling understood. As a middle child, you know, I know there's some middle childs in here, right? Uh, I have some memories of having to kind of hold things in, just being overlooked. As an Asian American, I've often felt overlooked. It's like I have this kind of chip on my shoulder that I realize has made me sometimes get too stuck in my head. Uh, it's led to some addictions and different things like that. But it got particularly dark in the isolation of the fall of 2020. I don't know if you remember those times. I was getting into, like, Facebook arguments and, like, having arguments with people in my head, and I was just feeling, like, really negative, right? Um, finally, you know, because I'm stubborn, I finally went to Jesus with it. And I sensed the Spirit of Jesus saying to me, Dave, why do you care so much about what other people think? And that question just hit me. I'm still processing that one. I go back to that question a lot. It's just a question. Jesus just asked me a question. I'm like, ah, Jesus, you know me. You know my heart. Why is it? Why do I care about people's opinions that, like, you know, one week they're talking about Will Smith. Next week they're talking about some other thing. It's, people just move around. But why? Why do I base my worth on, like, people's opinions that just change, like, at the drop of a hat? Jesus really cares cares about our hearts. 
And Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, he's been reminding me, he hears me. Even if no one else does, he hears me. He knows me. And really, it's just his opinion that matters. This truth gives me grounding to move forward and to speak from a better place of being loved, not from a place where I'm grasping for love. Okay, so okay, you've done a lot of talking, Dave. We're going to do some practice now. Get ready. It's going to get a little awkward. It's going to be good awkward, right? I believe Jesus wants to and is able to heal. Same Jesus, right? So in faith, we're going to practice the presence of Jesus right now. We're going to let Jesus talk to us through his Holy Spirit. Okay, this may be a new practice for some of us. That's okay. Uh, in, in my experience, actually, uh, when I'm working with young people, the young people hear very quickly. It's just adults who, like, we just make it complicated. We're like, ah, is that God? Oh, you know, we just do all that sort of stuff. Um, so don't worry, right? If Jesus can work with Peter, he knows how to work with each one of us. So I'm going to ask three questions, and I'm going to give you some time to listen to what Jesus is saying through his spirit to you, what you say. All right, sometimes it might be like an image. Sometimes it might be a memory. Sometimes it might just be a word or a feeling. Sometimes it's just, hey, peace. It's okay. And I want you to feel free to write down what you sense on your bulletins. On your bulletins, there's a little space on it where you could write. It even says on there, I think, like some thoughts, like what's kind of like a takeaway or something like that, right? Uh, there's some pens. If you need a pen, just raise your hand. Uh, we've got some staff members who can hand you a pen. Uh, if you are not about that paper life, you're, you're on your phone, you can use your phone. I give you permission. You could use your phone as long as you're not, like, checking scores or, you know, social media or whatnot. You could use your phone, take out your note application on your phone. You could write some things down if that's what works for you. But paper, paper is good, too. We got pens here. All right, just raise your hand if, if you'd like a paper. All right, we got some pens over there. Cool. Okay, get ready. Do a little... Stretch it out. Get ready. Okay. As we kind of enter into this, just, just one word. Okay, how do I recognize the voice of Jesus? Right? How do I recognize that? Uh, and how do I know it's just not my head, my own head? I'm just making up things. Okay? Uh, very rarely, in my experience, do you hear like, Hey, this is the voice. Very rarely. I think maybe like once or twice, so, so don't, that's usually not, right? Uh, in First Kings, it talks about like a still, small voice, right? Just like might be like a thought that comes to your head. Some of you, you guys will hear that voice. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, but in Scripture, Jesus says in John 10.10, same book, John, he says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's how you're going to be able to discern Jesus' voice. If you hear some thoughts of accusation, trying to destroy, trying to tear down, get this person, destroy them, that is not the Lord. <laughs> but if you hear a voice that is life, it might not be an easy voice, easy word, but if you know it's, it is a voice that is leading you into life and for you to have a more full life, that is probably Jesus. Okay, so just, all right. So first question, first question. Um, 
And you can just close your eyes if you're distracted. Don't worry about what other people are doing. They're like, they're doing their own thing, right? Yeah, okay, all right. So the first question, what is the painful memory that Jesus is bringing up for you? Right? What is the painful memory that Jesus is bringing up for you? Jesus, we look to you. We know that you desire healing. And you know that you don't want us to just kind of pretend like it's not there. So we want to listen to you right now. We believe, Father God, that we trust you, that you said that if we trust you, you've given us your spirit. You speak to us through your spirit that guides us into all truth. So even now, Father God, in your love, uh, what memory might you be bringing up for us that might be difficult, a wound? It might not go far back. It might just be like this morning even. You know, what, what is the Lord bringing up that as a wound? As you get that, you just, just write that down. No one needs to see that paper. Or this is just between you and Jesus. Okay, the second question. What does Jesus want to speak into that pain? Jesus, we know that you know us. And you're able to speak into that wound. What is it that you want to say that maybe we're missing? What is it that you want to say to bring healing into that pain? Speak, Lord, for your servants listening. Whatever comes before you forget it, just write it down. Even if it's just a word, just, if it's just a feeling, a sense of something, you know, maybe from the Lord, may not, but just write it out. Last question. How does Jesus want you to move forward with him? How does Jesus want you to move forward with him, not be trapped there? Jesus, how do you want us to move forward? Speak to us by your spirit. What are you calling us into? What is the new direction that you want us to walk in? Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Yeah, don't let nobody look down on you. It's, like, it's not like God only speaks to people of certain ages. That's definitely not true. He speaks to children, too. He speaks to really old folks, too. Yeah, Jesus, what is the new direction that you are challenging us into now? How do we move forward?
Okay, and just write that down. Just write down whatever kind of came to mind. Now, you may not understand it right now. Just, just write it down. Now, whatever truth Jesus is bringing up, I want you to hold on to that. If you're able to, make it into a short prayer, like a short breath prayer. Like, for example, in my memory that I shared, um, right, where I was kind of struggling with just feeling like I'm heard. Thank you, Jesus. You hear me. Maybe that's what it might be for me. Maybe for you, uh, he wants you to move forward in peace or just listen. So that might be, thank you, Jesus. You are my peace. Or thank you, Jesus. You hear me. Whatever that is. Right, and just make it into a breath prayer. It is not magic. It is just a simple prayer. When we're stressed out, when we're feeling in a negative place, don't nobody, most people are not going to do these big old fancy prayers. They're just going to be, help me, Jesus. They're going to be very simple breath prayers, right? And then you just breathe. It just, it just helps you, right? Especially if you're feeling hot. It helps you just breathe. So I'm just going to pray just a general breath prayer over us that Jesus does heal, right? God, thank you for the different words that you're speaking to people. I know that you're speaking. Help us to continue to be able to hear you. Help us not to block it out. Help us to trust you. But thank you, Jesus. You are God who heals. Thank you, Jesus. Keep breathing. You heal me. Thank you, Jesus. Just receive that. You heal me. Just breathe out. Thank you, Jesus. You heal me. Thank you, Jesus. You heal me. All right. I'd like to call up the worship team. So if you don't hear anything I said, I hope you hear those two words. Jesus heals. That's what he's about. That's why he needed to come. It's not the only thing, but it's certainly what Jesus does. And not just physical wounds, but inner wounds. Jesus does not treat us like the world does. He's given us the gift of his Holy Spirit to work that inner healing in you and through you. By the Holy Spirit, Jesus brings things up to us gently. He doesn't just ignore it. Jesus speaks healing into our wounds. And Jesus gives us renewed direction. As we are healed, we are empowered by the Spirit to offer healing to others in Jesus' name. And with the help of the Spirit's presence, let's step into the healing presence of Jesus and get others into His healing presence. So let us stand if you are able. If the Lord's just meeting you, some of you guys, I can tell by the look on your faces, man, Jesus is speaking to you. Stay in that, okay? 
But if you're able, let us stand. And let's respond to the ways that the Holy Spirit right now is moving, is pointing you to Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you are in the business of healing. Thank you, Lord God. It's not just physical, Lord God. Your healing goes all the way around. All the things that we don't see, all the things that we haven't even thought of, Lord God, you want to bring whole healing. You want us to be whole. You don't just let us, want us to just stay in our muck. You don't judge us, but Father God, you call us out into healing. Thank you. I pray that the works that you're doing right now, I pray that you would do it more, more, that you're not done, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not holding out on us, you are generous, you have unlimited heavenly resources, Lord God, you love to do this. When you sent out your disciples, you didn't just send them out to preach, you sent them out to heal. We are your disciples, we want to follow you, Jesus, so come work that healing in us. And for those of us for this, this might be new, it might be weird, it might be strange, I pray that you will give each one what they need to trust you for the next step. We don't have to have it all. We've got just a next step to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. God, do your good healing work and release us to be healers to others, to pointing other people to you. Help us. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in need of prayer, please, we want to encourage you to come up to the sides. There's going to be some prayer ministers available to pray for you. Uh, we're going to focus on a couple specific things. If you need some more inner healing for emotional wounds, like God was bringing things up and like you need a little bit more, go for it there. Or like if you're feeling kind of stuck, you need some clarity on this side, come if you need some more inner healing prayer. There's some people that will be willing and would love to just listen and pray with you. Uh, if you need prayer for physical healing, because Jesus does that too, for any physical, if you come in here with some physical pain of any kind, come to this side of the sanctuary over here by the drum set over here and receive that prayer. Okay? So as the worship team leads us, maybe you just need it. Release it to Jesus. Get that time with Jesus. But if there are certain things Jesus is pressing, don't just stop. Take that next step, okay? All right.